0: there everyone, welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast where we focus on all the different elements that help Christian homeschooling families thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery and on today's podcast, Paula Brown will be joining us to talk all about God's medicine of homeopathy. I was fascinated to hear her story as well as get more information to make this natural approach to health less intimidating. Paula is knowledgeable and a gifted teacher, so you'll have a lot to think about as you tune in. Now, be sure to check the show notes for more links and to check out our health and wellness summit that she participated in along with many others. That's a summit your family can't afford to miss because you are going to learn so much through that to build on what we're gonna talk about today. The Teach Them Diligently podcast is made possible in large part through the help of our partners. So when I mention them on the show, I hope you'll check out what they have to offer and let them know you're grateful for their support. The organizations that we work with are like-minded and passionate in their mission to better equip families to serve the Lord well. Voice of the Martyrs is one such group, and their resources are an incredible complement to your family worship time. Go to vom.org forward slash TTD to sign up today and you'll receive a free updated copy of Fox Book of Martyrs and you'll start getting a magazine each month to help you and your family pray strategically for our brothers and sisters all around the world. Again, go to vom.org forward slash TTD to sign up for those resources today. Now. Won't you join me in welcoming Paola Brown to the podcast? Welcome back, everybody. I am so glad that you have chosen to join us again today. I'm super excited about our topic today because this is something that I am very, very interested in, and I suspect that for many of you, especially with all this conversation about pharmaceuticals and this, that, and the other that's been swirling around since COVID started, and especially with the vaccine and all this stuff that's been coming along, um, I would I would imagine that a more natural approach is something that's really interesting and intriguing to many of us. So I'm very, very excited to welcome to the podcast today Paola Brown, who is um, a Hey, I can't even remember exactly. Pa- Paola, you are going to have to tell us a little bit about yourself and what the terms are that describe who you are and what you do, because I'm just afraid I'm going to massacre it as I'm as I'm setting you up here to tell us.
1: That's okay. No, that's fine. I'm a mom. That's kind of how it all starts for a lot of us, right? Um, And, you know, I do have like a master's in curriculum and instruction. So I have, you know, stuff that I like. I have it, but You know, my journey has taken me totally left field, homeschool my kids. We live on a homestead that we're, we just actually moved back from living overseas in Europe. So we're kind of rebuilding it again, but, um, you know, very big into real foods being healthy, but my journey, you know, my, my, I guess why I do what I do is because of where I started Mm. and for so many of us, right. We have started with illness and, um, the modern diseases that plague our generation, I mean, our children are the sickest generation of children to ever walk the earth. And I just felt like not on my watch, you know? And so, and I know so many of you and your listeners are going to appreciate, we've all been on, so many of us are waking up, we're on that health journey, we're trying to prioritize what to do, how to handle it. And um, we're learning so much. So should I tell like kind of how I got started?
0: I would love that because I think it's really, really important to hear how God set you on this journey um, as, as we find out what that journey actually entails and how it can impact all of us.
1: Yeah, I think so. I And God has definitely been a huge part of my journey. Um, he is the beginning, the middle, and the end. He guides us through all of these steps. So basically, um, I was raised on using homeopathic medicine, which we'll define in a little bit. But basically, we immigrated from Brazil. My mom knew we wouldn't have like regular health insurance. She brought with her a little kit of homeopathic remedies and a book. And so we just rarely went to the doctors, partially because we were poor, but partially because she took care of it at home, you know. And um, by the time I reached adulthood, I was thriving in health. I had no idea, you know, you're a kid, you're like 20, nothing. And you just think this is normal. Right. right. And then um, it was actually, I know. Right. (laughs) Then after I got married, um, I started getting those honeymoon cystitis. Right. I started getting those UTIs and that's my, I started taking medications and it was antibiotics. And I just, I mean, truly I took so many, so many Leslie that, it's it's so sad and and um, I had just no idea that I just thought that's what you did. So fast forward, I suffered for seven plus years wow. with multiple autoimmune diseases. Um, one is a very very chronic pain based ones, um, bleeding of the bladder called interstitial cystitis. If you've ever had like an extremely painful UTI, I had that for seven years every day. Oh
0: goodness. Um
1: it was horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, I developed celiac disease. I developed dermographia. Like I went to the Mayo clinic and they said that my bladder and my skin was the worst they'd ever seen. It's like, why do you say that to people? But that's what they told me. Yeah. And, and I I flew all over the country. I saw the best of the best of the best when it came to medical doctors. Mm. And, um, and then I had this epiphany and I think this is kind of a God moment for me because I was like, you know, wait a second. If I were to go to, a, you know, cause when I go to doctors, they were like, you can't talk about, you can't talk about a cure. Like, like they say, like, we, we can't cure this, that, you know, all these yeah. things that they can't do for you and they're just going to give you drugs. And so the drugs that were offered to me were, you know, you can take opioids, um, except for, well, you have to join a support group for the addiction. And I wasn't oh super healthy back then with, with my diet. I know, but I was like, I don't even drink soda pop. Like I should hmm. probably start being addicted to like little things, you know? Right. So I was <laughs> like, I don't want to be Yeah, exactly. Like from nothing to this, then they were like, oh, we can give you, this is, this is kind of graphic, but I'm guessing most of your listeners are women and I don't care. So they they basically were like, we can give you this. It was kind of like a metal electric tampon that you insert. And then you have this dial and you electrocute your, yourself. And then by like as, as strong as you can, like as strong and and as, as you can tolerate because after that electrocution, your nerves and your bladder are like kind of tired out and so that you don't have pain that day.
0: Wow. Wow. I know.
1: And then they also were like, okay, but the very first one they offered, which was like the lesser of all the evils, was this pill that they were like, you know, it could help some of the pain, but it might make some or all of your hair fall out. <laughs> and I like equated that's like and that was for the rest of my life. It wasn't like temporary like I'm like not even chemo drugs like are meant for the rest of your life, right, you know. for sure. So, I turned it all down and And I'll tell you just parenthetically, like after I cured myself, you know, about 12 years later, that drug that they prescribed to me, that very drug was, um, is under class action lawsuits because it's making women go blind. It's making people who take it go blind, who were on it for about 15 years. I would have been on it for 12 years at that point. And so my epiphany was kind of going back to that moment. I was like, Okay. Why, like, I would never go to a religion where the pastor was like, Hey, you should, um, I cannot get you to heaven. We're going to slowly lead you to hell as comfortably as possible, but there is no salvation here. Wow. And that was my epiphany. I'm like, Why am I talking to people who don't even believe in the cure, who aren't striving for it, who aren't going for it? I want to find the pastor that at least has hope and that at least has, you know, let's do this. And so that's when I entered into the like wonderful world of natural medicine. And that was kind of a, still a frustrating thing. It was kind of like shopping around for different, you know. I tried acupuncture. I tried herbs. I tried so many things. They all helped a bit. Diet was a really big one. Going paleo. I did the autoimmune paleo. That mm-hmm. did pull my pain back from a ten to like a three or a five. Goodness. I kind of, you know, and you can you can function on that, you know. Right. And um, but the amount of foods I could eat got smaller and smaller. So then I find homeopathy. Then I'm totally cured today. Fully cured. I I even can like. Like when I lived in Europe, Leslie, I eat gluten liberally, and it was wonderful. I can't have it in America, but that tells you just how balanced my gut has gotten, how how healthy I've gotten. And so then, um, you know, kind of leading into the family portion and teaching our kids, I was talking, I was once having dinner with these amazing world-renowned homeopaths. And I said to them, like, don't you love it? that your kids were raised with this medicine and that they know what, you know, are, are they just so thankful for you? Because I was thinking like, I would have loved if my mom and dad had known and passed that on to me. Right,
0: right. And,
1: and it, the table was full of like eight homeopaths. Every single one of them were like, Oh, my kids think I'm crazy. My kids on an antibiotic right now. My kids, blah, wow. blah, blah. Like none of them knew. And that's when I realized you know, this is something a friend of mine, Leslie, um, Lindsay said, she's like, you cannot raise your kids in a holistic environment just thinking that they're going to absorb this like osmosis, right? You have to be intentional,
0: right? And it's the right. same thing
1: about the gospel. Like you have to teach them.
0: Well, and make them think, actually make them evaluate the different things. It's so instructive to to kind of at least get them questioning so that when they launch out they've they already yes. you know kind of have that those questions in their mind well before we dive in because i definitely want to double back to that passing on i think that's a really big element here but for those who may or may not know exactly what you're talking about can you give us an okay. uh, kind of some insights and overview of what um, homeopathy is, or ho- I don't even know how to say it. I'm so intimidated just to even bring it up. No, you're I, right. Homeopathy. Imagined, you did great. Good, good, good. But I imagine that though I have read it and I have looked at it and looked into it, and there are probably others out there that would be just as intimidated to say it as I am, because it mm-hmm. seems so foreign to how we were brought up. And yet we all know right. in the, in our heart of hearts, God created our bodies and he created our bodies to deal with things and we are mm-hmm. artificially keeping them from doing that. So give us a little bit of an idea of what this is that you're talking about and then we'll dive into kind of what it looks like and how we can pass it on and that kind of thing.
1: Yes. Okay, so first I'm going to define it and then I'm going to tell you how why homeopathy is kind of set apart from other forms of natural medicine. Okay, so let's define it. Homeopathy is a modality within natural medicine. So just like you wouldn't confuse herbs and acupuncture, with each other. You don't confuse homeopathy with just home remedies broadly. Okay. It's not just home remedies. It's a specific paradigm. So basically it was undiscovered um, in the um, late 1700s by a medical doctor in Germany named Samuel Hahnemann. And so he was a conventional medical doctor in those days, the ills that they inflicted on patients was bloodletting, a lot yeah. of, you know, arsenic. And he just felt like, man, I'm killing my patients. Like I am not helping them. I am literally killing them. I don't want to do this anymore. So he quit. And he began translating texts and it was then that he had another, like what I refer to as like a God moment, like an epiphany. And then he discovered homeopathy and pursued it. And it's just amazing. And it's, and what's wonderful about homeopathy is like, we know our medicines, you know, like I was, I'm preparing a post on my Instagram page about Benadryl and how like it crosses the blood barrier and like how it's this thing that doctors are saying, stop using it, stop using it. There's better options than Benadryl. And I'm like, you know, if you have a medicine that's been out for over 200 years, yeah. You know. You know if it's if it's dangerous, if it's not, you know what it does, you know what it shouldn't do. Like you know your medicines. And so that's what's so wonderful about homeopathy, is it's so old. So what he realized is the first core principle of homeopathy is the law of similars. Like heals like. So whatever something in its original crude form, whatever symptoms it produces, it will cure them in its homeopathic form. So the quintessential example everyone gives is onion. If you, Leslie. Were to chop an onion up, what's going to happen? What symptoms are you going to get?
0: Uh, my eyes will burn in water, most likely.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what about your nose?
0: It probably run.
1: Okay, but let's be very specific. What kind of a runny nose is it going to be like? What is it going to look like?
0: Ah, I don't know. Clear, I would assume. I have yes. Really it's not, not going to no be like green. Idea. Okay. Right. Yeah, but it's
1: it's not going to be green and like it's not going to clog. It's going to run and it's exactly. going to be kind of like uncooked egg whites okay so in homeopathy we're super detailed about the symptoms and how they present it's not just a runny nose it's like what kind you know what i mean okay now i'm going to push you a little further what would make you feel better if you're like let's say you've chopped a bucket of onions your whole kitchen is full of onion like fumes or whatever what would you do
0: <laughs> you're, you're, I, I told you I'm intimidated here, and you just keep pushing and pushing. I would, <laughs> I would wash my hands um, first, yes, of all, so I didn't get any of the onion juice in my eyes or nose. Um, right, definitely. Then, I I guess if it you, was particularly strong, I may leave the area for a moment to to yes, clear. That's it. Um, that's
1: it. So opening the window, going outside, okay. especially like getting fresh. You know, new air, right? So, in homeopathy, those are the symptoms associated to the homeopathic preparation of onions. So, what kind of illness can mimic that? We've got the common cold, right? right. Some, not all colds, but some colds. Also, seasonal allergies, and um, and not all seasonal allergies, but some seasonal allergies, right? So, what happens is in homeopathy, if you're sick. And you have those symptoms, watery eyes, egg white runny nose. And like, and it's kind of strange. Like if you have allergies, typically people are worse when they go outside. But if you happen to feel better when you go outside with your allergies, mm-hmm. there, you've got the picture of an onion. And so what you do is you take the homeopathic version of that and that will stimulate your body to heal itself. Wow. And that's the beauty of homeopathy is it stimulates it. So, so really knowing homeopathy is kind of learning the keynotes to the remedies. So watery eyes, you know, those kinds of things, and then being able to see them in a person and match them and go boom. And then it triggers your body to heal itself. Hmm. So, um, so when I say like the homeopathic preparation of an onion, I think that's important to understand. So in homeopathy, they, you know, they have like a pharmacopoeia and a, and a pharmacy will actually do this. You're not doing this at home yourself. Um, and in, in the United States, actually homeopathy is legally a drug. The food drug and cosmetic act was written by the Senator of New York medical doctor homeopath who okay. pretty much saved all of New York city from the 1918 flu pandemic with homeopathy.
0: Wow,
1: Really cool wow. guy. Yeah. Really cool guy. Yes. Lots of interesting history there, but anyways, um, It is legally a drug, and so in the U.S., the FDA actually inspects these facilities and makes sure that the manufacturing is done properly, which is super important. So what they do is they take the, they'll like dry the onion or whatever the plant is or whatever the original substance is, and it can be plant, mineral, or animal, or other things. Um, So it doesn't just have to be plants. So like, for example, we have a common remedy, Apis mellifica, it's made from the body of a honeybee, you know? And so um, they'll typically dry it, put it in alcohol, and they'll dilute it in a very special sequential process. By the time they're completed diluting it and they shake it in between each dilution. By the time they're done doing this, you have um, what is technically, chemically speaking, water. But there's nanoparticles in there. and 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 that nanostructure actually stimulates your body at a cellular level to heal itself. So, so what we teach in my curriculum is super fascinating. What we teach in my curriculum, so like here's a good example, is the honeybee, right? What symptoms do people get when they get stung by a honeybee? You have the more mild reaction, which is swelling, heat, right. pain, and it's fast. It's a fast thing, and that's kind of a big key note is it's fast remedy. But you also have the anaphylaxis, right? you know, like throat closing. My friend's daughter has severe peanut allergies. They're having a picnic. And um, an uncle gave the granddaughter the wrong slice of cake. She had her allergy-free cake, but they gave her the wrong slice of cake. And so she starts coughing and going into anaphylaxis. Dad drops and is sprinting across the field to the car to get the EpiPen. But my friend Kathy is right there with her little homeopathy kit. She pulls out apis mellifica, which is in homeopathy, we name everything Latin. So it's not onion, it's allium sepa, it's not honeybee, it's apis mellifica. Hmm. She pulls it out, pops it into her daughter's mouth, and the anaphylaxis reaction starts going down. They never really? had to use the epi. Mm-hmm. Wow. They never had to use it. So we have, you know, people that say like they're criticized homeopathy, oh, it's just water. But I'm an um, em- empiricist. I like empirical knowledge. I like to know for myself. I mean, that's my relationship with God, right? I know for myself. It works. So who am I to question this? It works, right? So, um, yeah. So that's basically the laws of similar. So my curriculum, what we teach, and what's so cool, and let me go to the second part, what sets homeopathy apart I feel like a lot of natural medicine, like for example, colloidal silver, it's really great. You spray it in your mouth if you have an infected sore throat and it kills the bacteria.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's, there's a place for that. I have colloidal silver and I use it if I can't find the right homeopathic remedy and I'm in a pinch. But the difference is that homeopathy actually educates your body to heal itself. It teaches it. So, so my, um, the idea is that you don't, like when you don't have, like if you have allergies, you don't have to keep taking the remedy forever because your body starts becoming less allergic because it's learning the path to healing. It's learning that whole kind of journey. And so with, in the case of anaphylaxis, my, I know many people who have over time, they're not anaphylaxis to whatever it is anymore. That's something chronic and you do need to work with a homeopath to really uproot that whole situation, you know, but, um, that's, that's, I think the second principle in homeopathy is we do not suppress symptoms. We don't take the Benadryl or even the colloidal silver. We don't suppress and kill the symptoms. We allow the body to find its path through them so that it's Mm -hmm. educated and smarter on the other side.
0: Right. Right. So it can handle other outbreaks that would come that would that would have the same symptoms. That makes perfect sense. Well, you have alluded several times to a curriculum and Mm -hmm. um, kind of going back to the I'm intimidated by this thing. um, Yeah. How do we learn about this? How do we. You know, this is not, and and there's so much information on the internet. If you search natural remedies, you don't know what to trust. You don't know what kind of information you're getting. Um, It's actually very similar. It, It grieves me when, when, people look for child you know, parenting information and they're going to someone who has a two-year-old, but they don't know that, you know, this, this person is just a good writer. Um, so how do you know that you're getting good information and how do you lo- go about learning about this? Is If this is something that interests moms and, and me out there, um, you know, how do we go about actually learning more and being confident that what yeah. we're learning is true and good?
1: Yes, definitely. So, you know, I have, I have been on that journey. I think that um, part of the reason why homeopathy is, we need, we need to like pass this on. Like we have to, I, and I, and I, you know, I have that degree in education. I'm very structured in my brain. So I would just say, go to paolabrown.com and that's my website forward slash learn. So P A O L A brown.com forward slash learn. And there's something for everyone on that page. You can learn right alongside your kids. And that's why I created like a one-room schoolhouse curriculum that allows you to teach all age levels at the same time. Or if you want to do it on your own, we have a book club just for grown-ups that you can self-study or join a book club or start a book club. Um, And I have free samples of all of this on my website um, on that palabrown.com learn. But the idea is you have to teach the why. Before you jump in and do the homeopathy, yeah. like, for example, what I just talked about, did you know that every time you suppress disease, it, it drives it deeper into your body. So think no. about me and those UTIs, those yeah. UTIs that I had every time I took an antibiotic, I'm driving that, that bladder disease, that bladder infection deeper and deeper. And it brings about more chronic diseases. It's like, it's like waking up a sleeping giant mm. it, whatever your genetics are your body will choose those to wake up. So as I'm driving these diseases deeper, I'm developing the autoimmune bladder disease. I developed celiac. I developed that dermographia, that itching head to toe for my entire body. And so it's like, it's not just swapping Advil for Arnica for, you know, sore muscles or whatever you have to know the why. And that's the first thing that we have to teach our kids because if they don't know the why they won't appreciate the value of right. knowing the keynotes to Aliam Stephen, knowing the keynotes to APIs.
0: So well, that is that is fascinating. Um, so so what is your curriculum? Is it actually designed to teach moms? Is it designed to teach kids? Is it designed mm-hmm. for everybody? Um, what can we learn yeah. by walking through that?
1: Okay, so I'm one of those parents that, like, please don't make me read a boring book to my kid. So I I love what um, C.S. Lewis said, you know, no book is worth reading at the age of six that isn't also worth reading at the age of 96. So what I did is a literature-based curriculum. If you choose to do the curriculum with your kids, um, you get this book and it's called Evie and the Secret of Small Things. Grandma comes into town and she starts teaching Evie all of her knowledge about homeopathy and Evie is super inquisitive and in asking questions. So you, you're reading this book, you teach one lesson a week, and you're going to learn about terrain theory. What is terrain theory? It means that the health of your body is what predisposes you to getting sick or not. We have a virus going around. Some people get it, some people don't. Why? Right. What, what, you know, so we have to, imp- so we're talking about terrain theory. We're talking about like heals, like we're talking about the concept of diseases suppressed. And then you're learning 19 remedies, 19 of the most common remedies that you can use. Wow. And you start memorizing them. There's memory work music to help you memorize all these concepts, to help you memorize like the keynotes to Apis mellifica. you know, to all these different remedies. And, um, we allow you to kind of practice. So you so what I did is you teach one lesson a week. It'll get you through a whole school year, two a week, gets you through a semester, very multidisciplinary. So if you want to cut out like art and your morning reading time and maybe even your copy work, um, this curriculum would cover those, you know, for that season that okay. you're doing the curriculum. So it helps kind of make time for you to, to do it. Um, and it is the one-room schoolhouse approach. You have one teacher's manual one storybook. And then what I did is I did three different workbooks that are levels. They all have the same assignments, but they're just pre-baked um, for the right age. So it's appropriated by age. So like, awesome. I mean, a good example. Yeah. I think a good example is the idea of um, one of the first exercises we do is we think about the side effects of drugs. Mm-hmm. Drugs have side, side effects. So the youngest age will be coloring the symptoms of the drug label that I've simplified. I didn't say like John. This I said, yellow skin. So they're, they're coloring okay. on their, yeah. their workbook, yeah. you know, but then the high schoolers are actually doing what adults should do. Sit your butt down, research these drugs yeah. and think about polypharmacy. What happens when you take all of these drugs at the same time?
0: Exactly. So it's
1: just, it's just leveled.
0: That's fantastic. Um, yeah. So, so this is something that it sounds like it's never too late to dive into it's it, no. you can based on the story that you told at the beginning of how far, how deep into being really, really sick you were, you were able to use these principles and see. Healing actually come to your body. I mean, God is God is the great physician. Um, he ultimately is the one for whom we we thank for for that healing. But there are ways that we can we can be wise and good stewards of the body that God has given us. Um, and it sounds like there is there really is hope even for those that feel like they're going to be trapped and attached to these these medicines long term.
1: Yeah, definitely. So. So what I say is if you have something chronic like I did, you do have to work with a professional homeopath. Yeah. But what you're doing at home is, boy, if I took an antibiotic and I got that strep throat once I started my healing journey with my homeopath, I was going to undo all of that work that he was doing. I'm going to suppress those symptoms and just re-trigger all that, you know, that those gains that I had. So you do need to work with a homeopath for chronic stuff, but you have to learn this at home and pass it on to your kids. My kids have been lucky. I've been the sickest person in my family. They have been healthy. Yeah. But if I don't teach them, they're going to go right down the same road that I went.
0: Well, and I wonder, and I, I actually thought about this as you were telling your story, the fact that you had grown up with so little pharmaceuticals and, and that kind of things being put in, I would imagine that that made you much more, um, much more likely to get all those side effects and much more likely to react strongly because this was something new to your body, um, as you were entering adulthood.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I have a daughter right now who's going on 10 tomorrow and she has literally never taken an over-counter drug or prescription ever in her whole life. And um, I remember she, she I think she ate like, I feel like it was, I don't remember what it was. It was something kind of chemically and gross that she had at a party and she felt super sick. And I'm like, I guarantee you, your body is just not used to those chemicals.
0: Yep, yep. Well, you even see it in what you're eating. You know, we eat, um... Yeah. We eat pretty clean around here. We don't eat out a lot. Yeah. And so when we're traveling or we, we are in a situation where we're having yes. to, to eat out more, all of us are like, oh, I don't like the way I feel. It's heavy. It, it's my body does not know what to do with that probably because mm-hmm. it's not real. But, um, but I would think that even right. more so when it comes to, to medicines and, and healing agents, uh, although food is a healing agent, um, but even more so with, with medicines and pharmaceuticals, your, your body would react that way.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what's so tragic about so many of these families is they're eating really well they're eating super great. They've got their oils, they've got their, you know, their supplements and everything. But then what happens when they get the sinus infection and they're on day six of it and they can't kick it? They're turning to antibiotics. And that one antibiotic, it's like an atomic bomb. Like we just cleared our pasture out here for our cow. So we cleared all these trees. It was this like really dense forest. We had to clear it. And you think after clearing that field, it's not to get back to where it was with all those giant trees and that beautiful forest it's going to take a decade at least right, right? if we right. let it go and let it rese itself that's the same thing with antibiotics it is it's like clearing out your gut and killing everything and you're not allowed and and people think like oh i haven't done an antibiotic in a year and i'm like oh, it's not enough time, you know? So what I think is so tragic is people are trying to get better, but they're still resorting sometimes to these antibiotics and truly homeopathy is the one thing that can break that pattern because, you know, I did essential oils, didn't touch some of my infections, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's because I was pretty sick and homeopathy. I like to say is the workhorse and it's such, you know, I love essential oils. I love all those other things, but it's the I have mean, had blood infections. My husband had cellulitis from a bee sting that like went all the way up his arm. We've had some pretty serious infections. And and um, I think if it had not been for homeopathy, I don't think we would have been able to fight that off as well. Yeah. Because, yeah. because the thing is, it's not like a supplement. You're relying on the natural p- properties of that substance to fix it for you. Mm-hmm. In homeopathy, you're relying... On the immune system God gave you, yeah, that is always going to be more intelligent, more innate, and more powerful than anything else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, one one last question before we finish up here, our, our time is just about out. But as you were talking, the other thing that really popped into my head that I imagine others are struggling with. You know, you're talking to largely a group of homeschooling parents who have already had to, you know, tell their parents or their in-laws or their, you know, great aunt Edna that they're homeschooling, they're bucking the system in that. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you deal with family members who think you're crazy? Um, you know, do you yeah. just rely on the proof is in the pudding or, you know, are there, how, how did I mean, in your case, your parents had already been on board, um, but I'm, I'm sure that you ran into others who were not. So how do you, yeah,
1: that's a really good question. Um, so yeah, you're right. My parents and even on my husband's side of the family, they're super supportive. I'm very unique and lucky in that sense. Um, I have thought about this a lot and I love it that I'm on your podcast because we can, I can be more open about my faith. Um, you know, how does God teach us? He lets us fail. He doesn't force it down our throat. He doesn't control us. He gives us all that free will. And so I'm just at that point where I'm like, look, if you're ready for this, you can come and talk to me. And if you're not, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll make you aware. I'll gently mention it. I'll point it out. But I keep it private. Like if you're okay. going to sit there, you know, like while my son had an ear infection and that's stressful, he's crying, he's in pain, we're finding the right yeah. remedy, you know, within 24 hours, he was much better. But during that, like the heat of the moment, the crisis, you don't want a family member whispering in your ear, you need to take him to the hospital, right. you know, because they don't, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, he's fine. It's painful, but he's not in an emergency situation. Right. Um, and so I've, I've just, you have to love them enough to let them fail. And if, and if they will be ready for the truth, they will come to you and, you know, don't be judgmental and accept them with open arms, like the prodigal son, you know what I mean? Accept them with all that love and that gratitude, but you're not going to convince them. And so what I do is I, I try to protect myself because that temptation or that bad information, like you don't need that in the crisis. Right. right. At the end of the day, maybe you do need to take into the hospital. There is a time and a place for drugs and sure. medications. And so I, I'm, you know, I, we need to have that discernment, but you don't want to be scared into any choice because I feel like that's the enemy's language. God's language is faith and trust. And Mm -hmm. maybe you have to take an antibiotic and you can do that with faith and trust, not with fear, you know? So I just, I'm protective. I'm protective of how I do things and I don't want, um, to create that contention in my family. So I just, I keep it to myself and, you know, bring it up, see how they handle it, offer it. If they ask you for your help, offer it. Right. But um it's not my job to change their minds. That's God's job, you know.
0: Well, exactly. And there's a humility that comes in there um, that you also would need to exercise because I I know that as humans, we are very prone, at least I'll speak personally. I am very prone when I when I feel so passionate about something. It's, it's hard not to expect everyone else to be right where I am. Um, and that can lead to very prideful interactions. It can build walls that separate families and so on. So, um, so, um, you you just want to be very, very careful that you are dealing with this in humility. And I love what you said about waiting for them to come to you um, and, and kind of allowing allowing where they are because they're going to be watching. You know, if they know what you're doing, they're going to be looking for, you know, how is this working out? Um, but also remembering mm-hmm. that, again, this, this lines up so well with a lot of the things that I tell people about homeschooling your mom loves your kids deeply she wants the best for your kids just like you do and so when she's questioning your educational choices or she's questioning the way that you're treating things it's almost always you know i'm sure there are exceptions but it's a lot of times from a heart that loves and wants the best for them so um you are responsible for the decisions that you make with your kids and your family but also you're responsible to love and and engage in humility with those who who come and ask Well, I think,
1: I think you're hitting it right on the head and it's building that relationship of trust that I think is the most important thing. And yeah, I've seen so many times, you know, end of the day, you are going to have, you cannot escape the consequences of your choices. That's how God works, right? You have those consequences and we have to have a lot of grace, I think for people. And some people will get better and some people will not. And that's their choice. It's their body you know, and you have to, you have to allow that to happen. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think allowing them to see by your example is really meaningful. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I do. I have, I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll be in like a situation where like, I actually, we were stargazing out here a little while ago and there was this wife that was super interested in asking me questions. And then her husband popped up and he had that little gleam in his eye that I could tell he was going to be really critical, you know, and and so I was kind of in a weird situation where she wanted to know, but he was going to be critical of it. And so here's one here's one trick that worked really well. I, when I noticed that, I kind of just cut him off at one point when he was just like, just, he was just asking questions, but I could feel these are not sincere questions. You know what I mean? So yeah. I finally just said, you know what, though? end of the day, you need to do what's right for you. If you want to suck down antibiotics, if you want to chew those pills, I wasn't talking about him. I just meant generically. Like if you want to suck down antibiotics, choose choose those pills and deal with all the side effects. That is your choice. And I want you to make that choice. My family hasn't taken a single drug or or over the counter or prescription in over a decade. So this works for us. And I just let, you know, that kind of Shut him up because he's like, Well, I don't want to take those drugs, but yeah, I can't deny that you've had this experience. So yeah. So I just kind of, you know, let the, the facts speak for themselves. And that kind of got him to be quiet. And then he left. And then I continued talking to his wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the door so. where the door was open. So well, okay, yes. well we are. <laughs> We are out of time now, but I want to make sure that you tell everyone how they can connect with you. Um, I will include these links, but it's it's really helpful to hear so that they know where to find you and how they can find your curriculum and everything else that you have to offer.
1: Awesome! I have I have tons of free lessons that you get. I have three different lessons for the main kids. I have a preschool and kindergarten primer. I have a book club program for grownups. So all of those links are going to be kind of housed on paolabrown.com/learn. Um, You can get the the free samples of the curriculum for the kids there and you can get the free samples of my book club program. And the book club program, what's kind of cool about that is we use the same novel for the kids, the the story of the Evie and her grandma and everything, Uh but we we use a book club handbook that goes a little further and you get through it in eight weeks. So I know a lot of parents that do that first and then they teach their kids. So kind of up to you guys, paolabrown.com forward slash learn.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I was fascinated and I suspect that everyone listening was too. So um, I look forward to diving more into your site and your curriculum as uh, days go on. And I continue to try to figure out all this stuff and get less intimidated by it.
1: Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. And everyone else, thank you for tuning in today. Be sure you check the show notes so that you can get links to all of that um, good information that she shared with us. And then uh, join the conversation. Let us know what your experience has been. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear any tips and tricks that you have learned through the years, things that have been especially beneficial. you know different ways that you've engaged with others about it. Let us know, and we'll just keep adding resources to this uh, as we go on. So have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help.